Hello and welcome to the Am I a Feminist podcast. In this podcast we explore if feminism is just about equality, why do so many men and women find the term just a little bit offensive? Should we be feminists? What is feminism all about today? I'm Kerry Griffiths, I'm a proud feminist and in this series marking International Women's Day I'm going to be interviewing some leading feminists and finding out the answers to the above. Hello, today I'm joined by Lucy Barkas. Lucy is a, Lucy even, sorry Lucy, <laughs> Lucy is a key person of influence. Um, she's a woman leading from the front and I'm delighted to have her here today. She's going to talk to us about her thoughts, values and hopes around feminism um, to really spark our thoughts and kind of disrupt what we're maybe thinking about what feminism might be. So Lucy is the director of What, When, Why, How Limited and she works with Generation X and Xennial leaders to help them step up to control and lead with purpose. So I'm going to ask her just to kick off this by telling us a little bit more about herself and then we'll get into the feminism stuff. So Lucy, over to you. Yeah, great. Um, thank you for inviting me on. Um, just in terms of myself then, um, I, it's not a remarkable story. It's a very common story, as in I was the traditional good girl. Um, so I grew up in a fairly rural environment. Um, with you know very traditional upbringing yeah my parents split up but that was not you know too dissimilar to most people at the time um and yeah surrounded by some very strong females but also some very strong males and um so very happy childhood but yeah I was brought up to be the good girl so I did everything right and um yeah I was head girl at school I did my A-levels went to uni and then at 22 was married by 26 uh, had my first baby my second at 30 so I sort of like rushed everything in got wow. the mortgage got the career so I was almost like ticking off the list of all of all the things yeah. you do to be a good girl and then um then my 30s happened and I think I just found myself where I started I had that mid-life thrisis um in my 30s <laughs> and I was like actually I've ticked all the box but something's missing so over the, the next decade, um, I quit my corporate career, set up on my own, quit my marriage, um, then went into another uh, long-term relationship, but that didn't work. So for the last three years, it's been me, my two girls at home, um, my pets and my wonderful business. Um, and it's just been, yeah, it, it's a dream. I don't think I've ever been so happy as I am right now. Wow. Well, so much in that, Lucy. And I think there are so many women who listen to this and kind of totally, totally relate with what you said and so much of that. Um, so let's unpack it and let's kind of talk. Yeah, it go through. for it. I love the bit where you just said, I have this good, I had this good girl list. Because unconsciously, I think a lot of us did. We just had this kind of do the right thing, be the good girl, do this, do this, do this. And so tell me a bit more about that. Was it how conscious was it for you that you were doing it? It was totally unconscious. Um, it's only later on, you know, through, you know, I do a lot of coaching with others, but as part of that, I had to be coached myself. And it was only then that I started to realize how much. I suppose it's social conditioning yeah. right from a very young age, um, even, you know, like the things that my teachers said or when when I behaved in a certain way, I was being called a good girl um, or being, you know, uh, if I was being too bossy or I wouldn't share, you know, I was being condemned. That's not how girls behave. Um, so from a very young age, you know, all of those subliminal things. And again, the TV that we used to watch, who our superheroes were, 
the role models, even the people in the soap operas, everything was just like chink, chink, chink. But there is a caveat to that because, um, and I, I speak about this in my book, Lee Directs, that actually I had a lot of really great role models. Um, people like, you know, Margaret Thatcher was the, the head of the, the country when I was growing up. We had the Queen, we had Madonna at the top of the charts, Mother Teresa. Um, everywhere I looked were actually women in real key, you know, positions of influence. So it never even occurred to me that I couldn't do what I wanted, but I had to go through the good girl, you know, do it with a smile, do it by not being too loud or brash. Because I even remember that the, the negative words that were being used about Margaret Thatcher for being too manly or too overbearing uh, or too powerful. And again, with Madonna, she was my idol, but she was called some awful names um, for, for trying to break out of the mould. So again, all subliminal little messages going in. Um, so yeah, that carved me into this, this bolshy, but very good girl. Yeah. And I think when you talk about kind of the, the messaging and how subliminal it is, um, I think one of the things that talking about this does is help put that on the radar for other people now coming through who haven't made that association yet, because it's not one that everybody would have made yet, that this is kind of the journey that they've been on. Um, I'm really interested. You said you've got children, but I didn't. I was quite quick. Do you have girls? Two girls, girls, yeah, and I think I was born to raise girls. Yeah, Were you. So, how how conscious has your raising of those girls been in light of your story? Um, and just tell me a little bit about that. Uh, well, it, it's been huge influence in the way that I've raised my girls, and I've got to say, with my firstborn, she's now well, almost seventeen. Um, I think I I did fall into a lot of gender stereotypes when she was very small. So, she did the dance classes, and I used to dress her in pink and. We watch all the Disney princess kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, and I, I noticed myself, you know, saying good girl and things like that. And so, yeah, in those formative years, I noticed that actually I was I was in the social conditioning and even the toys that she had. Um, yes, I would try and get her some of the, the more boyish, let's say boyish, but, you know, those kind of things. And I remember she wanted Rory the racing car for her third or fourth birthday. And I was like, wow. And it, it shocked me just how how conditioned I was making her. So when she actually came up with something she wanted, I was shocked. It hadn't even occurred to me to get her a racing car. It was always dolls and stuff. However, because of that, there's almost four years between my two children. So when Evie came along, um, I just, it wasn't that I was taking gender out of it. I was just much more conscious. So I let her dress in what she wanted to wear. Um, and I remember she went through a real vampire stage when she was about six and only wanted to wear black. Um, and you know the <laughs> comments that my parents would say like oh you know do you think this is worrying I said no she can choose what she wants to wear and do not criticize um, so already those kind of um, messages were coming through and then um, I also remember it must have been about three years ago um, I took both the girls to see the, the new Wonder Woman movie and Evie she must have been nine or ten at the time and her I looked at her and her mouth had just dropped open and I was like, what, what's the matter? And she said, I've never seen a girl fight like that before. And oh, she was wow. just in awe and amazement. And she never did the Disney princess thing. She was watching other stuff. I suppose the stuff her sister was watching. Um, and so, yeah, I brought them up differently in those formative years. Um, but now they're both, well, the, first, the eldest is definitely a feminist. The youngest is just herself. Really? And actually... 
kind of just being yourself is the greatest act of feminism, isn't it? You know, just kind of get to that stage where it is almost irrelevant because you have that freedom to just act and be without without concern or or influence. Um, I'm quite interested to kind of explore that side of things as well because the subtlety of what you've been you've been talking about I think gets missed by very many um, and because we're not in a situation where there is a really clear oppression in the UK at least you know and we do have positive role models it's almost like well feminism done tick what's your problem mm. so kind of what are your thoughts around that and kind of those who think that we don't actually need to talk about this job's done Oh, God, it's just exhausting, isn't it? Um, you know, we are literally only just seeing some of the positive role models in terms of whether it's in um, Parliament or whether it's um, the, the likes of Greta Thunberg coming out and, and talking about issues. Um, the, the, the TV programmes that they're watching are you know, only just becoming norm that you will see somebody of a different sexuality or a different um, gender role or anything like that, that are in lead roles. And so it's only just started. And it really is only on things like Netflix, which are really that diverse. We've got a long way to go. And even if you, you know, just look at the way that the, the at school, I mean, school has done so much damage in terms of undoing everything that I've, um, I've tried mm -hmm. to instill. And I asked my 16 year old um, just before I came on here, you know, where, where do you think we've got to go in terms of feminism? And she said, well, at school, when they say that's not very ladylike, is it? Or if there's something heavy that needs to be carried, they say, boys, go and help with this. She said, it happens all the time. Um, and if a girl's being too loud, they call her bossy or opinionated, whereas they don't do that for the boys. And, and that was really shocking for me that a lot of the teachers and the school institutions don't realize how they're indoctrinating our young people, because even the boys are, are witnessing this, that so they're learning the gender roles straight away as well. So we're scratching the surface. And what I'm proud of is that because I've raised my daughters the way I have, when something off key comes up, they notice it. Yeah. And what I need us, you know, I implore everybody to do is by having these conversations, just then start noticing the language, yeah. noticing when something's a bit off key and then doing something about it, questioning it, just get curious. It doesn't have to be an argument, just get curious. Absolutely. I think it's the unconscious element of what's going on that we need to get on the radar and get curious about. I have probably the same as you, Lucy, been in many a team meeting that has started with a conversation around the football. And you know, that's just kind of not in any way an attempt to exclude me but in every way excludes me. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and all those traditional times when, um, you know, when I was working in the corporates and they do the after work socialising. Well, just because of, again, gender stereotypes, I was often having to go home, pick up the kids, look after the kids. I couldn't go out doing all that schmoozing afterwards. So again, excluding me. Um, and, and I that's got my own one, isn't it, as well? Because oh, yeah. there's a realization that so much relationship is built in those environments, and to not be able to be present to enjoy it, but also to develop is oh, that's yeah, I've been there. Yeah, no, we all have, and that's what the really sad thing is. Um, and you know, even you know, so for me, feminism is about equality. 
So every time we win a battle for the girls, um, the boys are winning as well. So if a, a bloke wants to take his paternity leave or wants to request flexible working so he can be there with the kids, um, that should be absolutely fine. But I, I know that even now it's still frowned upon or it's not macho to admit that you want to, to take more of a parenting role. Um, so, yeah, when we win, when it is equality, everybody wins. Yeah, because it isn't about being pro-women, anti-men. That is absolutely not what feminism is about. Um, and so you've given me kind of your, your viewpoint on what you think feminism is today. So it's about that equality. What do you still think feminism has left to achieve? Where do you think we need to get to? Um, so I think when I don't have to worry about my daughters going out for fear that they're going to be attacked or Absolutely. that they can walk down the canal on their own, um, you know, at dusk without, you know, being attacked that they can walk down the road without having their earphones in, things like that. That, to me, shows that we're now on an equal playing field. Um, when they don't need to worry about what they wear because of the comments that people will make about them or the assumptions people will make, that means that we've made it an inroad. I think one of the things that has really struck me during the pandemic is just how many women were furloughed or women lost their job in comparison to men. Um, how many women are still in the lowest earning brackets and not just because of the glass ceiling, but because they are still the core, you know, childcare or even looking after elderly or sick people or dependents at home. It's still their primary responsibility. So I think we've still got a long way to go there. Um, and yeah, when you just for me, a, a huge one is this domestic labour where um, women still naturally you know it's our own fault for doing it but we pick up most of the the responsibilities and often we do ourselves a disfavor a disservice by saying oh well the bloody men don't know what they're doing so we actually don't hold them up to account so we're actually you know pushing them down to elevate ourselves and then we start moaning that we've got to do everything in the home so, so there's some of the, the the I mean the big things there I've just rattled off but there's some of the really big things that are on my mind at the moment they are amazing things. And actually, when you just kind of list them like that, and that's just your own thoughts and your own opinions, um, without a lot of research and you've gone and done on this, it does make you get that perspective, doesn't it? You know, you you can have a discussion so often around how far we have come, but wow, how far we've still got to go. It's, it's just massive. It's just immense. Yeah, um, and do you know what? The, there was something I read the other day in uh, it's a, a brilliant little short book um, called Wolfpack by Abby Wombach. Um, and she, she really um, picked up on a point that I've spoken about for years. And I don't know whether you were told this, um, but all girls are bitches or when there's some fighting going on it's like well that's just how girls are and so when we went into the corporates it was almost like we were pitched against each other as soon as we got in there that we we're all in competition with each other um, and all these queen bees and these these terms um, and Abby basically says you know you are the wolf and you need your pack and that's the one thing that I've learned from being um, an entrepreneur be, running my own business this level of support that I get from other women who are not in competition with me, um, who only want the best for me and vice versa, together we are stronger. And I think that's the message that we really, you know, if I could get across for, you know, International Women's Day is we are stronger together. We are the pack. We can make a difference. I, I, that resonates so well with me. And I actually have not read that book and I've not heard that 
perspective before. And as an entrepreneur myself, when I started the business, one of the biggest fears that I've carried with me is that belief, that kind of underlying belief that um, other women aren't there to support me. But actually, as you say, Lucy, they have been the biggest support. Those arms around me have carried me and actually been a huge part of my inspiration, my passion and my drive. Um, and it's only now that you have that perspective that you can actually sit back and go, I still carry that fear because I've heard it so many times. I still am fearful of of what that kind of environment, that bitchy environment could be like and not to step into it. Um, but it's not been my experience. Yeah. Absolutely. No, and it, who does it serve to pit women against each other? Because it, it's not serving women. And when we do come together and support each other and, and know that, you know, it's we're not in an equal playing field yet. Um, and so we're not at war with each other. And actually what we're really good at doing is building communities, naturally having empathy. Um, and all the things that, you know, we have been demoralized as being too girly. Actually, that's our strength. Yes. And that's that's what the world needs right now. Yes, absolutely. That if I was going to talk about kind of where my thoughts and my depth around feminism comes from, it is about embracing those differences as your strengths. I really resonate with that in terms of how my empathy has been the one thing that has made my business grow, because I have that ability to really step into that side of things um, and see it's a real positive. So that that, really that oxytocin that we get, um, not oxytocin, um, the estrogen that we get that flood our brains, um, yeah. that it does change us. It does, you know, teach us how to nurture and care. And it's something that we have in abundance. So let's not try and knock it out of us um, and to try and be one of the boys. Actually embrace that estrogen. It's doing us a lot of good. It's doing us a lot of good. Lucy, you have been an amazing guest on this podcast. Thank you so much. I think for International Women's Day, International Women's Week, as it's going to be for me, because I'm going to do one of these every single day. I think this is going to be a really great listen for women to just kind of get that real boost to know that they're on the right path other women have got their backs and to kind of explore this area of feminism again because I don't want people to be ashamed of this word do you want to repeat again Lucy what you thought the key message was around stronger together yeah so remember that you are the wolf but the wolf needs the pack and um yeah go and find your supporters your champions and and be that to other women um and I just want to say thank you so much for for bringing this series out because we need to hear this. We need real conversations with real women. So thank you. Thank you, Lucy. And I'll catch up with you soon. Take care. You have been listening to the Am I a Feminist podcast. Thank you for listening along to our International Women's Day series. Please do tell your friends and share the details. <laughs>